Okay. <clears throat> Big voice energy. Big voice energy. <laughs> Close enough. Close <laughs> enough. All righty. All right. Ready? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Working on my big voice energy. Oh, that sounds right. horrible. No, you sound fine. No, I don't sound like me. <laughs> Just talk normally. I'm going to talk normally. I'm your husband. You're my husband. We've been watching Star Trek for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get this show on the road. Let's do it. <clears throat> uh, uh. Hey, you said let's do it. Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is... Wham! These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, a woman who's never been arrested in her life. That you know of. <laughs> it's Mrs. Cat Davis! Yay! Cat Davis! Cat Davis, yay! Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. <laughs> my wife, my love. <laughs> <laughs> my fuzzy hubby. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's me to a T. So we've been slowly trekking our way through Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, you're kind of... Max, <laughs> Max, your toys are going to ruin this episode. He loves his squeaky toys. He does love his squeaky toys. <laughs> Sounds like you need to open your beer. Maybe this will help. There we go. I really don't need you to uh, die during a recording. Although, wouldn't that be epic? No. And then you'd have to you'd have to find someone to sing. It's been a long road uh, getting from there to here. Do you expect me to take over the podcast? <clears throat> Please don't put that in your will. Oh Would my you god! Not take over the oh podcast god, no. if I died. No. <laughs> oh my god! That's too much. This thing will just flounder. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> You're going to have to find someone to will it to. Uh, okay. Well, I've got my beer. I'm You've gonna, got your wine. I've got other things I've got to take care of when you're gone. Okay. Sounds like you've been planning this for a while. <laughs> you've been planning this for a while, not me. Well, um, <clears throat> before I started to choke of excitement... <laughs> You're kind enough to watch the episodes with me mm -hmm. as I prepare for the show and prep my notes and that sort of thing. But most of the time you're facing your phone or you're still working on something. Yeah. Uh, but this time... I watch a lot of TV that way, though, so... That's true. Yeah, you do. We're it's slowly... Not, it's not just Star Trek. Yeah, we're slowly ab adapting that into our habits yeah because you play games on your phone while you're watching tv occasionally mm. most of the time i'll actually watch what's going on sure 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 sure, sure. oh don't even <laughs> but um but you've also been interested in other 
properties as well. We've been watching a few other things. What what else have we been? Uh, what you else? Mean like have, Lucifer. Yeah, Lucifer. What else have we? Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. We kind of have been. I mean, COVID has kind of done this to us, right? Where we just what's the next series that we never got into before? But let's go ahead. It's it's already fully canned. Let's go ahead and yeah. watch the whole thing. Yeah, just diving in. Yeah. I think we've done that a lot lately. Yeah. And I mean, we've caught up on old favorites too, Bob's Burgers and... Or of course, new new stuff that's... The whole new season's been posted. What was the one? Uh, the Nurse? The Nurse. Uh, shoot. The Mental Institution. Oh, Ratchet. Yeah. Ratchet was good. Yeah, Ratchet's really good. I haven't seen good. Ratchet. Ratchet's good. Yeah, Ratchet is really, really fantastic. I can't wait to see where that series goes in the future. And we also, you know, tried out a couple new cartoons and mm-hmm. revisited a few old ones and some old favorites. I think Disney Plus has some some of the stuff we grew up on. Sure. And uh, But we love <laughs> like I think it's Fox stuff where it's like Yeah, yeah. The newest one is The Great North. <laughs> From the people who brought you Bob's Burger. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, Bob's Burgers. It's uh, the, the, the Great, Great North. North. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Lower Decks. I think Lower Decks is fun. It's very different from most of the Star Trek, though. It does have a different feel, and I think that's yeah. the point. It's almost more of a workplace comedy. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. And you're working with some really eccentric folks uh, yeah. doing this thing, but it's the wacky day-to-day stuff. Sure. The goings-on yeah. of a starship. I forget her name, but I like the main character. She's such kind of a, a f*** up, you know? And... <laughs> And she likes being that. She doesn't want anything more than that. And her mom, spoiler alert, who's the captain, wants her to be so much more, mm-hmm. and or just completely ignores her and doesn't want to listen to her. So the dynamic there is interesting. Right, right. So yeah. she likes being who she is and doesn't really aspire to be anything else, and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, and it's funny to me that you sound like you really dig lower decks. Yeah. But same studio produces Rick and Morty. And you're not... That is totally... I, I can see that. Yeah. 100% I can see that because it gets really gross at times. <laughs> and yeah, if she goes and, and basically <clears throat> says she's a pickle, you know, I'm going to lose my sh- But <laughs> Yeah, you, for whatever reason, failed to see the genius of Pickle Rick. <sighs> I love that episode so much. I know. It hurts my soul. <laughs> so, because you have been watching a little bit more Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, it's not Star Trek Enterprise yet. It's just Enterprise. It is it? It The name changes, like, in the third or fourth oh, season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just yeah. keep calling it Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. It's actually just Enterprise. Just Enterprise right now. Um, Max, <laughs> what do you want? Attentions. You didn't get enough tensions? Not from you guys. He's a good boy. Mostly. So, <clears throat> Max, get your toy. Come come sit on your bed. This will take all night. Max! Max, come, come here. On. On, on your bed. Be a good boy. Okay. The sooner you let us get through this, the sooner we can take you outside. Go snuggle. Mush your face. All right. So, you have been watching more Enterprise... Is it growing on you at all? A little bit, yeah. I still don't love 
the actors or the characters. Okay. <laughs> so that's the hard part. But the storylines are getting better. Oh, so, okay. Um, like this one was one I could. I I like the deeper, more serialized. Uh, no, not necessarily that. They can oh, be okay. they can be their own individual story. But you know, the more poignant topics that make you think. You know, so like what I was on was it Dear Doctor? I think so. That yeah. We went back and forth about the do you don't you of saving a species. Oh, yeah. From extinction. Yeah, absolutely. This one being the ethical issues, uh, moral issues around detaining a species. Yeah, because it brings up a lot of different things from a lot of different sides. Absolutely. Again, this is where that prime directive would really come in handy. Well, but he mentions it, and I know we haven't gotten to the recap yet. He mentions it, and he's like, I'm ignoring that this time. Yeah. I guess in... Archer's favor is that he doesn't have one and can just do whatever he 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 wants. wants. Mm -hmm. Now, he has to be careful about writing checks his ass can't cash. (laughs) Because there's a lot of people out there with superior firepower and who have been, you know, trekking around the galaxy a lot longer than humans have. So, uh, yeah, you got to be careful about that sort of thing. So, this episode, did you... Did you enjoy this episode? I, I feel it sounds like you got a lot out of it. I'm one of those people that have a hard time saying I like or dislike or I enjoyed something with a topic like this. You mm. know, you see something on it, it's even hard, like, you know, something on Instagram or whatever. That's a horrible picture. And mm. all you have is, is a heart button. You know, right. it's like, yes, I, I like your comment about it, but I can't like the image that you've got there because it's a horrible thing. But I want to support you for sharing this topic right so that's how i feel about this episode i'm going to support you for sharing this topic and the issues that surround it and and all that stuff so i think it was a good episode to talk about that kind of stuff and to make sure that it's part of the history of the world and, and and the universe and understanding taking those lessons that we learned and those mistakes that we make and uh trying not to make them again yeah well speaking of the episode Let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Some planets were meant to be explored, while others... Why are we here? ...were never meant to be discovered. This is a detention complex. Take him to isolation. Where's Captain Archer? You have 45 seconds to leave orbit. Dean Stockwell guests... You have no right to interfere! Enterprise. Archer and Travis wake up in a Tandaran prison. They are soon met by Major Clev, who orders them both to the office of Colonel Gratt. Gratt interrogates them in detail regarding their intrusion into Dundaran space and the Sulaban, and says that they will have to appear before a magistrate in three days. He also refuses to allow Archer to contact Enterprise, but does so himself and apprises them of the current situation. Upon hearing this, Trip advocates a rescue attempt. <laughs> But T'Pol prefers to avoid provoking the Tandarans further, and orders Enterprise to Tandar Prime. Meanwhile, Archer meets a Sulaban named Danik, who tells him that they are in Detention Complex 26, an internment camp for Sulaban imprisoned when the Cabal began attacking the Tandaran sector eight years ago. In his office, Grot questions Archer in detail about the events of the pilot episode and demands the rest of the series be better. Archer wonders why innocent Suleiman are being held prisoner, 
but Grat warns that delaying could result in Archer missing the transport to Tandar Prime. Grat contacts Enterprise to report that the hearing has unfortunately been delayed, allowing Reed and Hoshi to triangulate his signal and locate the prison. That night, a communicator is beamed to Archer and Travis's cell. Archer tells Trip he wants to help the Suliban escape, and Danik says his people can go to the Nibiron colonies away from the Tandar sector. The following morning, Grot discovers the communicator, and Archer is sent to isolation as punishment. Meanwhile, aboard Enterprise, T'Pol uses torpedoes to ward off the Tandaran defense ships before clearing Trip to launch in a space bus. Bus from space! <laughs> Travis distracts Clev, allowing a Suliban disguised Reed to activate charges and initiate the escape. As they flee, Grat argues that the Suliban will all go join the Cabal, but Archer says that he doesn't know the Suliban very well, despite having been in charge for a long time. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. So, like we said at the top of the episode, this particular subject matter uh, brings brings about some pretty heavy, some pretty heavy topics of discussion. And I and I'll just go ahead and put this out there. I'm a, I'm a big Captain America fan and I love, you know, reading sort of the older stories of Captain America and Bucky fighting in World War II. And I think that's how a lot of people view the U.S. in terms of World War II. We're viewed as the good guys. But there was a lot of junk that we did that was not cool in World yeah. War II. The, probably one of the biggest ones was the internment of Japanese Americans. Right. You know, I read those SSR files. Greatest generation? Guys did some nasty stuff. Yeah. We compromised. Sometimes in ways that made us not sleep so well. So what did you think about this episode? What did you think about the situation that the Tendarans and the Suliban are in? The Suliban who are not part of the Cabal. The beginning, when we see Archer just first realize, like, where he is. And he asks the question, why are we here? And the answer that he gets is, why are any of us here? Mm. That was the phrase that stuck most with me throughout this entire episode. So I think about if you've done a crime Mm -hmm. and you end up in prison, jail, house arrest, whatever, Mm -hmm. you're not probably asking yourself why I'm here. You kind of can at least explain to yourself that. You might be asking why is my sentence so long or the con- you know questioning the conditions that you're in but you're not the why is not really there yeah. but when you're innocent when really the only reason that you're in a place like this is because of how you look mm. you know your species your race your ethnicity whatever i mean the psychological ramifications of those thoughts you know, of not really having a why, mm. a good why, mm-hmm. why you're in that place. And, and it's got to be different. I can't imagine it. And I, it's got to be different for every person. And I think of, I think of even like kids, you know, so there were kids there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kids who are still learning what's right and what's wrong. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're trying to understand that. And, you know, of course, laws make that different for every society too. But when they ask, what did I do wrong? Why am I here? What did I do wrong? And right. you're like, you're trying to say that you didn't do anything wrong. You can't compute that. 
even adults can't compute that, but really kids, how do you take that into adulthood and really not come out with some kind of warped sense of right and wrong yeah. and definitely definitely your trust of authority figures and certainly government is whittled down to nothing if not gone completely exactly and then i think about you know the other thing that you do when you're in a situation like this is you're trying the best you can try to make the best of a situation worse horrible tragic situation right mm-hmm. because they've mentioned the, the japanese internment camps you mentioned the japanese internment camps you know we read uh, George Takai's They Called Us Enemy, the graphic novel for his memoir yeah. um, during his time there and, and even a little bit after. He talked about how they kind of made it home. And even after they left, that there were times where they yearned for the barbed wire fences yeah, because that was home. Yeah, I see the kids there in the Sulubu. <laughs> Sulubu. Suliban. Suliban. <laughs> I see the, the, the kid, the Suliban kids and, and adults doing the same thing. They're trying to make it home, but it's not, they shouldn't be there. So yeah. it goes back to like, why are they there? They're there because of the potential mm-hmm. that everyone, everyone fears the potential that could happen here. So they're not cabal, but they could be. So it's the fear, it's the unknown fear that we have that we put on them. They say, well, we're going to go ahead and rally them all up and keep them detained because they could be. You know, they did the same thing with the Japanese, the potential threat that was there right. because of the bombings that happened and the attacks that happened. It's like they don't know if they can trust the Japanese Americans sure. to not retaliate against the Americans on their own soil. Right. I mean, that was something that Colonel Grot championed at every turn was like, these people are here for their own protection. Right. He kept saying they are here for their own protection. We are here. To, we are keeping them safe from the cabal. Like and that I was think- it. That was his thing. That he was. He was so. I'll just go ahead and say he was so deluded that they were right. That yeah. what they were doing was right and justified. I think even the American government tried to do that at one point with the because there was violence against Japanese Americans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from, I guess, white America. They were like, well, we're protecting you mm-hmm. from these from these people. And I think even George Takei may have had a situation like that. They're justifying the situation mm-hmm. in some way. But it also, it kind of makes me, in a way, think of Minority Report. Because the precogs see a murder being done in the future. So they apprehend the person before it's done. Yeah. And the ethical issues with that... You're taking some. They haven't done a crime. They yep. haven't done anything. Yep. These people haven't done anything, but it's the potential. I'm sure you all understand the legalistic drawback to pre-crime methodology. Here we go again. Look, I'm not with the ACLU on this, Jeff. But let's not kid ourselves. We are arresting individuals who have broken no law. Now, this situation and the Japanese and, and the Nazis with, you know, the Jews and every all of those situations. And even today in, in our own detention centers that's happening at the border... It's even worse because it's not just one person, you know, that you're stopping a crime from, like Minority Report, but it's an entire race or ethnicity or, in this case, species, mm-hmm. that you're putting these stereotypical uh, thoughts on and, and fears around. And, and it's so sad that our own, like today, our own society hasn't evolved past that, past those fears. And, and, you, and now we see it in Grotz people 
they are definitely not involved. But so Archer, knowing this history and can say this, this is wrong because we were taught this is a mistake, he helped them escape. So he knew that it wasn't the right thing for them to be there. Know your history and learn from it and understand that you, you have to admit that you made a mistake. And, and thinking about that, you know, America in particular, we're not good at that. <laughs> no, we, no, certainly we not. We love to say we're the best. Yeah. We're the most powerful nation. We're, you know, we're the greatest. We're not. And we haven't always been. We're just still a baby country, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of ways <laughs> that we're still changing laws and adapting and, and all these different things. But doesn't mean... You know, you have to still learn from everything. It still needs to be in the history books. I think George Takei struggled for a while to find the Japanese internment camps in in the history books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got really, was really upset about that. Yeah. You know, so he was struggling to find, I, I think people struggle to find pride in a country that's done this thing, done these horrible acts. Mm-hmm. And even his dad defended it. His dad was just like, it's still the best country it's because it's the people's country it's an interesting way to look at it It, i don't know that i even fully agree with it i'll be honest but because we won't go into that here (laughs) 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 but you know we are flawed if you're if you're the people's country it's gonna be a flawed country we're all flawed you can still love your country and still have pride in your country and still learn and grow and adapt and hopefully get to this Star Trek utopian society that Archer's coming into or coming out of, right? And continuing to evolve to get to our prime directive and all these other things, they're going to keep going. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, seeing how the guards were treating the inmates of the, the internment camp made me wonder about the motivations of them, because it was clearly... The motivations of the guards? Yeah, the motivations of the guards. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this was set up to protect the Suliban who had not been turned to the Cabal. Mm-hmm. However long ago that was, eight years, I think they said? Yeah. It has devolved from that, for sure, to these inspections where they don't really... What are you inspecting? What are you looking for? And why are you treating these people this way? Right. And that's not keeping them safe. No. That's keeping them in prison. No. This isn't freedom. This is fear. I think we saw that Grot was telling people different stories, didn't we? So yeah. he was telling Archer that, oh, just give us a few days. To suit we his gotta go. We got to go through this process, but we'll be out. It's no big deal. And then he was telling to Paul, it's like, well, he kind of needs a lawyer. Right. So it's kind of like, it's like, wait a minute. You're telling two different sides. You're telling two very different stories here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think he's telling Archer different stories. And, you know, again, he's telling him we're keep, we're trying to keep them safe, but no, you're not. You don't know anything about these people. Archer talking to these people for just a few hours, he knows more about them than you do. And you've had them for what you said, eight years. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're still doing all these checks, which means they don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, they think they're probably got, I don't know, weapons or Something they don't want them to have. Communicators coming into the facility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And here again with the captain and hel- and your senior helmsman in this internment camp, Paul says, hey, how about we call the Vulcan High Command? And Trip's like, ugh, he'd be better off getting the electric chair. Dude. Dude, yeah, that's like, not, no. No. 
at this point, you're like, hey, whatever it takes. Yeah, call them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've seen Vulcans are not to be messed with. I mean, yeah. when when the, when the glove gets thrown down, like, the Vulcans will pick it up. Yeah. Like, they're t- uh, yes, they logic is their thing, but so are tactics. Yeah. Like, Trip has no logic. Trip has no logic. <laughs> so, he's not my favorite character. Right, his brain's full of catfish, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Exactly. I made the joke that uh, you've never been arrested before. <laughs> a lot of people might wonder. First of all, what I said is absolutely true. It is true. You've never been arrested before. Ho- hopefully, knock on wood, never arrested. Right, right. So. Never been arrested. But what do we, or at least what <laughs> did we tell people for a while? When, 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 Like shortly after we started dating. So when we started dating, you were a guard at the local jail. Mm-hmm. Local county jail. Yep. Um, which you have plenty of stories. Oh, sure. Over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so <laughs> our joke to tell people was that even though I'm, you know, what I was in accounting at the time, mm-hmm. you know, pretty straight laced. <laughs> I, I think that's that's a fair that's a fair description. Yeah, accounting. Whether I want, whether I really wanted to be or not, I was, sure. I was I was following all the rules and being a good girl. But um, <laughs> no, we told everyone I came in for indecent exposure, and you fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> and people bought it, and they too. loved it. They loved the story. They're yeah. like, "What? Yeah, cats." <laughs> you naughty girl. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I am." Yeah. He comes with handcuffs. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you have anything else about this uh, about this episode before we move on into uh, some of the stats? Because you took very copious notes. No, you let me go through most of them. So like I, I, I could have gone into a very lengthy governmental discussion today. About, sure. Uh, I stopped myself several times that I was taking notes um, of all the things that I was thinking about saying about our government today in the last few years of our, our government. But, right, um, right. Well, I will, I will divert back for just a second. Yeah. You know, the violence done towards Japanese Americans, Asian Americans in at that time. And again, I mentioned Captain America. We saw that happen again post 9-11 where people were up in arms over uh, folks from... Muslims, Mi- and Muslims, and you know, folks from the Middle East who we've are living seen it here. Even more recently than that, we've seen uh-huh. it with COVID and our former president saying that it's the Chinese virus and all right. the right people taking that seriously. Yep, which is why you can't say that kind of stuff. You know, even if it or originated in China, doesn't mean China development doesn't mean China has anything to do with it. Sure. And yeah, you're taking it out on Asian Americans. Yeah, it's horrible what we do to each other. It's right. horrible how we have to place blame on somebody, and we again we don't get to know each other like we should, and so we fear. Yeah, and I've said this before about our journey towards the Gene Roddenberry vision of the future. Right. You can tech all you want. You can have ships and computers and all kinds of things. But unless we understand each other, unless we are all able to get on the same page, our feet are never going to leave the ground. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. So and I don't know that, that we'll ever be on the same page. I think there's too many kind of fundamental differences people have. But I think that that was supposed to be part of what made America great. Right. 
is again, it's about the people and about a vast majority of people, diverse people. We're a melting pot. Right. But it feels like we are diluting that melting pot. And instead of learning, growing, Mm -hmm. evolving, lately it seems to be that others in power want to smash all that. Yeah. And continue the, the status quo. Well, to go back to Captain America, I think right after 9-11 is when Marvel relaunched the yes. Captain America books. And uh, we see Steve Rogers uh, helping to clear rubble at, yes. at the World Trade Center. And Nick Fury shows up with his costume and the shield and says, time to go to work. And Steve Rogers says, I am at work. <laughs> We've got to fix ourselves right. before we start fixing other people. Yep. You know, we're so worried about things happening beyond our borders that... We're letting things, big things, fall through the cracks. Yeah. Healthcare. Yeah. Education. Education's big. That's two things off the top of mm-hmm. my head. That list is extensive. Mm-hmm. Environmental. But yeah. Yeah. Environmental, racial, mm-hmm. economic. It goes on and yeah. on and on. And I think for us to really make an impact, there needs to be a, a reprioritization of efforts a reprioritization of funds, a reprioritization within our own minds about all of this stuff. Otherwise, we're just going to keep repeating. We're going to keep repeating, and it's also getting worse. Yeah. And it will continue to get worse. Yeah. So. It's coming to light to more and more people. Yeah, Um, I hope so. I think so. But it takes a while. It takes a while because people are in their own heads and doing their own things. And sometimes... It takes a pandemic to have you to stop and see a little bit wider, you know? Yeah. Past your own nose, right? Sure. So. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some of the stats here for this episode. Uh, on the story side, of course, once again, we have Berman and Braga. The last thing they did uh, was season one, episode 20, Oasis. And the teleplay was penned by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. The last thing they did was episode 17, Fusion, which we covered here uh, with our good friend, uh, Mrs. Ren Sims. The director of this episode was Mr. David Livingston, whose last work was episode 16, Shuttle Pod 1. That's where uh, Trip and Reed get stuck in the shuttle pod and almost freeze to death and die. I don't know, maybe they could have whittled down the cast a little bit, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. It's a good episode, though. Uh, So our guest stars, we have Mr. Dennis Christopher as Danik. He's got quite an interesting resume. Uh, On the film side, he's done things like Blood and Lace in 1971, Fade to Black in 1980, The Falling in 86, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead in 1993, a lot of TV stuff. The Time Tunnel in 1967, Fairy Tale Theater in 1983, and he played Eddie in Stephen King's It in 1990. Did you? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, did you ever watch the Stephen King It from from the 90s, the miniseries? Yeah. Oh, with uh, Tim Curry as Pennywise. Oh. Yeah. I'll kill you all. Dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. It's still kind of the quintessential it. Like, it kind of is. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, I like the new one. Yeah. But there's something about yeah. Tim Curry's delivery and those 
sharpened teeth and it's Mm -hmm. oh man i remember watching that on tv i think maybe just the first part on tv when i was a kid and say your parents let you watch that yeah they did (gasps) and it it put me i was so many things you haven't seen oh yeah but your parents let you watch that Uh uh-huh yeah i was at least I would say eight to ten years old. It says 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I you think... were seven in 1990, if not six, because your birthday is late in the year. Uh huh. So you were just a baby thing. I well, I know we were in the new house out in Greer, and I know we moved okay, out so there when I was eight. eight. Um. So this was probably a, a rerun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this put me back in my parents' bed. <laughs> this put me back in my parents' bed for at least a week. And then I could not sleep in the dark and quiet for at least a few months after that. Wow. And it took me a while to really get over that. Max, find somewhere and sit. Shh. You're making too much noise. You're making too much noise. You have your bed and all of your toys over here. Go on. Yet you want to tick, 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 tick around the house. (laughs) We're almost done, Max. We're almost done. Go on. Don't lick my elbow. Oh, my sweet boy. You're a very, you're a very, very sweet boy and a good boy. We are so close to being done. Mostly. I promise. I just need you to. I promise. Just relax. Come over here and sit and Come relax on. for a few minutes. Over there. Come over here. Come over here. Come on. Good boy. That's a good boy. Go sit on your bed. Okay. That's a good boy. Yeah, there it is. All right. So, um, Dennis Christopher as Danik. Dennis Christopher uh, made his first appearance in the franchise as Borath in the two-parter called The Search on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So, this is not the last time we will talk about Mr. Christopher. Uh, But the big, big stunt casting. (laughs) I say stunt casting. It's not really stunt casting. He's a fantastic actor. He's great. Dean Stockwell as Colonel Grot, uh, which you probably heard the shout out in the UPN promo. If you're wondering why they made such a big deal about him, let's just hit the highlights of his career here. Uh, His early career, and by early career, I mean the age of nine in 1945. He was in three films, The Valley of Decision, opposite Gregory Peck and Lionel Barrymore. And then right after that was Anchors Away with Sinatra and Gene Kelly, the one uh, where Gene Kelly dances with the cartoon mouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. He was in that. He's the kid in that. And then he was in a little movie called Abbott and Costello in Hollywood. (laughs) That was all when he was nine years old. He continued working steadily till uh, the the last credit that I saw listed for him was in 2015. The guy has been working steadily ever since. In 1961, he did the original Alfred Hitchcock Presents and the original Twilight Zone. And then in 1962, he did the Alfred Hitchcock Hour and then came back in the 80s for the Twilight Zone remake. He was also the voice of Duke Nukem in nine episodes of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Did you watch Captain Planet? Of course I wouldn't play <laughs> He's our hero. He is our hero. And what's he like? I mean, if he's involved with pollution, where do you think he will bring it on a scale of one to ten? Zero. 
Zero? Yeah. Okay, He's fair enough. bring pollution down to zero. Okay. He's a powers magnified and he's fighting on the planet side. <laughs> but his big thing, the one that probably really put him on the map, uh, he co-starred as Al on Quantum Leap <laughs> opposite Scott Bakula for all 97 episodes. Like, they they were... And they act in this episode like they don't know each other. Yeah, like, what yeah. What is going on? If, you're watch, if you watch Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula, their scenes together are just oozing with that old friend chemistry and it's so great i really love watching the two of them together this odd tension yeah yeah (laughs) and then after you know uh dean stockwell is very much you know he's had quite a few successes uh but he's still i think in his heart he's still a character actor after quantum leap he was uh in lois and clark uh he was in the stephen king miniseries the langoliers he did McHale's Navy. McHale. <laughs> he was also in Air Force One. He's the guy who in Air Force One is trying to get Glenn Close to sign the document yeah. to appoint her as the president or to to appoint him as the president. I forget. He's worried about line of succession. Yeah, he's worried about the line of succession. He's that guy. And he needs to shut the fuck up and leave, let Glenn Close do what she's going to do. <laughs> exactly. But uh, he was also one of the judges in The Rainmaker. Like, as a uh, paralegal, Rainmaker is one of my favorite movies. I really enjoy that. He also does the voice of Tim Drake in Batman Beyond Return of the Joker back in 2000. That's, for some of you Batman uh, or DC animation fans, if you haven't seen Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, I highly, highly recommend it. Don't just find it buy it own it it's it's a great it's a great thing to have in your collection and a lot of these things lead up to this his only appearance in the franchise i feel like this was a really missed opportunity i mean i know we have jeffrey combs jeffrey combs seems to be in every other episode of star trek ever but i feel like dean stockwell could have really just continued to raise the bar because he's such a good actor after this maybe he was just tired of working with scott bacula he might have been tired although you know after this he was he did one appearance on stargate sg1 and of course he uh did 15 episodes as john cavill in the battlestar galactica remake but he actually appeared one more time alongside bacula in one episode of NCIS Nolans, New Orleans. Nolans. I think they should have called it Nolans, <laughs> like with the apostrophe, N-A-W-L-I-N-S. I really think that would have been such a great sell. <laughs> uh, but that was back in 2014. And like I said, the credits stopped there on IMDb at 2015. So, I mean... The guy's in his 80s. Like he's, he went through a lot. He's done a lot of work with a lot of people. So he's probably just enjoying going to the occasional convention or maybe doing you know the occasional interview here and there. But he's probably just enjoying retirement and good on him. You know, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and give him a give him a round of applause here because Dean Stockwell is awesome. So next week. We will be covering Enterprise, Season 1, Episode 22, Vox Sola. 
with our good friend Mr. Gary Horn. And uh Gary's always Gare a bear. lot Yeah, Gary Bear, Gary Face. He's he's gonna come back on the show. And uh it's always fun to have him on. He's I think he's traveling around right now with the NWA, so he is living his best life for <laughs> sure. And of course, Vox Sola is available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount Plus. Babe, do you have anything you'd like to uh, push or promote before we get out of here? Um, Just in line with what we talked about with the episode today, one of the organizations that's trying to help families at the border in the detention centers is uh, familiesbelongtogether.org. They are working to end family separation and detention, seek accountability for the harm done, and reunite all families who remain torn apart. I think there were nearly four or 500 kids that didn't know where their parents were, that they needed to find home, they needed to reunite. So they're a good organization. It started in, I think, 2018 with the movement and the marches that were going on as the more information came out about the detention camp. So hopefully. (laughs) Max, we're almost done, buddy. I know you love your squeaky squirrel. But can you can you just can you just keep it keep it down for just a minute? We're almost done, buddy. So hopefully uh, we will see this end very soon, and these families be able to live better lives than they are now. Yeah. So and find each other. Yeah, so absolutely. Familiesbelongtogether.org. Anything else? Well, we are starting a new Instagram account. Oh yes. Um. So Todd and I have been. For over a year now, actually a year and a half. Yeah. Doing our own little comic book club brunch, just the two of us. It's kind of our own little date night in the morning. And um, we are starting an Instagram account to kind of go back and tell everybody about some of the books we've read, uh, give you guys some recommendations and continue help. And we'll continue on um, and we'll actually post like what we're going to be reading. So if you want to read along with us and... um, send in comments about what uh, graphic novels and comic books we're going to be reading. We do a lot of historical fiction, or maybe not even historical fiction, just retellings of historical figures, things along those lines. We don't, we try to steer clear of superhero adventures. Yeah, we kind of steer clear of the mainstream, exactly. the mainstream, the big, the big companies. We, we tend to go with smaller company books, uh, independent artist, writer type things. And uh, yeah. we've been, we've had more, we've had more hits than misses. Yeah. So uh, you actually got a little bit of a preview today of what we would talk about on one of, one of them. They called us Enemy by George Takei. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. Great, great book. Um, great art mm-hmm. and uh, we did read that over it was last summer 2020 mm-hmm. so we'll do um, we'll mention that in one of the posts that we have at some point so right now there's nothing on the account so if you come follow us I hope you follow us in preparation for us to start putting stuff up there we're getting uh, some little caricatures made of us and and getting some posts ready and all that stuff so but we will we will debut very very soon yeah, and and let's say, let's just say that comic books aren't your thing. And that's fine. We understand that. We're also going to be posting f- the food that we're that's eating. right. Along with the recipes, <laughs> a lot of stuff that we've made in-house, a lot of restaurants that we've gone to. If you don't know 
I think we've mentioned it a couple times here on the show that we are located in Greenville, South Carolina, in Greenville County. And Greenville is one of those, one of the biggest small towns around. But it's a, and here more recently, it's really become a foodie destination. And we were looking at each other when we started this going, you know what? There's so many places. We have our favorites that we go to all the time. Let's branch out. And man, have we found some gems, some really, really tasty things in some, sometimes out of the main path, we've had to do a little bit of traveling, not much, but you know, some of these places are just, you know, blink and you'll miss it. And if you miss it, you really miss it because their food is delicious. And we went up to Louisville, Kentucky, not too long ago Mm -hmm. and stopped at super chefs. Yes. A, uh, a, superhero themed restaurant and uh, we'll feature them in one of our posts as well so we had one of we had one of our comic book club brunches at a comic book themed restaurant yes it was pretty cool it was very cool on my birthday no less oh yeah um, but yeah, no, COVID stopped us from actually going out a little bit. So we branched out and tried some new recipes. And um, so I learned how to make eggs Benedict. Yes, my favorite. And it turned brunch, out pretty good. And he did so good. So <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. Oh, that's not kind. That is 100% true. So um, we're excited to share this with everybody. We've had a lot of fun with it. And um, I've been wanting to do a blog and it ended up being an Instagram account. At comic book club brunch on instagram and where can people reach out to you personally i'm also on instagram at that dot darn dot cat with a k and i am at mr todd a davis on all of the socials from all of us at the computer resume podcast thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in 10 forward bye to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Cat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We've probably got some phasers and shuttle pods and we're gonna find a brand new race. And Danik says his people can go to the Neb... Nibiron. Nibiron? That sounds right. Yeah. And Danik says his people can go to the new... Let me have some more beer. Maybe that'll help. How's that for a slice of fried gold?